What is happening? What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Life Of. This is the podcast that answers the question, you may know what I do, but do you really know me? Uh, my name is Kason Wilson, and I thank you for taking the time for going ahead and listening. I really appreciate it. Before we get started, please feel free to comment, rate, and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Please let people know we got a good thing going here. I really, really appreciate it. My name is Kason Wilson. I'm a stand-up comedian. And if you're not, go ahead and follow me on social media at The Life of K-A-Y. Have some dope, dope, dope shows coming up and some awesome stuff that you can check out on my website, thelifeofkay.com. That's enough about me. I want to get straight to it today because today's episode I'm super excited about. This is somebody who is a huge inspiration, not just to me, but people all around the world. I met him back in D.C. when I was just starting comedy and he gave me a five minute guest spot just because he was just being generous and being who he is. And man, I've just been rocking with this dude ever since. You know him from Chappelle show. You know him from touring with Dave Chappelle all around the world. You know him from a Netflix special that just came out called The Degenerates that he destroyed. You know him from Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. I mean, one of the best stand-up comedians today. That's what you know about him. But what you don't know about him is this dude is about as passionate of a father as I have ever met. One of the most loyal and passionate and kind-hearted people I've ever met. And just a supremely dope dude. So I, I cannot tell you how excited I am to share this interview with you guys. And you guys can know more, a little bit more about him. I was actually featuring for him at the Ontario Improv in Ontario, California. And while we were backstage, he was kind enough to take a few minutes, man, and just share a little bit more about who he is and how he thinks and just some dope stuff that you may not know. So today I am so excited to announce that you are about to learn more about the life of Donnell Rowland. What's up? Welcome back to the life of. So welcome back. That means everybody been listening already. What does welcome back mean, son? Welcome back. Would you, 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 you got like a 25-hour podcast? You're like, we're going to take a break for two weeks and we're going to welcome back. Like the Tonight Show? Welcome back. Hey, everybody. It's 10 <laughs> who listening to this. It's 10 <laughs> listening to this podcast. So I'm like, hey, welcome back. Hey. And that's including your family, son. I was just about to say my mom and her co-workers are like at least seven Look at God. You, oh, your mother, your mother's involved with it? Yeah. No, no, no. She's not involved, but, but she, she listens. You know, she tell everybody at her church and her women's she ministry. She listen? Yeah, of course. And I don't f with all that God man. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. My mother will say, your mother, your my mother's mother on God hard. My mother's on God. If your mom hear this, you're going to get a call, brother. My mother, be, my mother be like, look at God. That was just the devil talking to him. He need to come home. He need to come home. He need to come home. That's what he, my baby need to come home. <laughs> all right. So today's guest, you know him from, uh, I mean, every single thing that ever happened in Now you're talking too much. I'm rich, <laughs> <laughs> That's what the f you know me for. Excuse me, ma. Ma, are you going to apologize nah, every nah, time? Yeah, I'm sorry, ma. I'm so sorry. You know but which so mom? Your mom or my mom? Both moms. Yeah, huh? there it is. So listen, man. Uh, for those listening, not only do you know the name, but personally, he's one of my personal uh, greatest artistic influences. Not just in stand up, but just overall. Today, we'll learn more about the life. Overall, of, overall in life, in life. Don't follow me in life. Follow <laughs> me on stage. So. <laughs> Don't mess with me on life. On stage is cool. No, I'm just man. I'm just playing. I'm nah, bro. That. The way you move, I feel like. Actually, I was just talking to somebody about it yesterday. I feel like the way you move, you are very deliberate about who you keep around you and the energy you keep around you. For and sure. I always, I always tried to be like. 
always watch that. That's what anything, man. You can't keep bums around you, man. You can't keep people that don't add anything to your life. You can't keep people around you that don't inspire or motivate you. And in this business, man, it's a lot of people that don't support any of that. And as you go on, you just start weeding them out. You first start this business, man. It's everybody. Hey, what's up? What's up? You you pounding everybody. And after a while, you like, man, I don't really f with him like that. Yeah. And it's not being nasty or negative or whatever, but if people don't share the same thoughts as you as far as what you want out of life, yeah. as far as you want out of this, it's just a waste of time, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm really, really, really selective like that. Anybody that's around me, and you, you follow me, anybody that's around me, it's all positive energy. Yeah. It's all upliftment. It's all like, how do we get better? How do we get better as a team? And it's all ripping. It's like ripping. Like, I would not even be on this podcast right now if I didn't consider you be a young beast. I wouldn't even be here. I wouldn't even be here. You know how I many people come up to me talk about, yo, we do a podcast? Man, if you don't get your 2,000 subscribers <laughs> out my face, you know what I'm saying? But I believe in your journey. I, the first time I saw you is when that, that HU whatever contest yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And um, I was impressed. It was funny. You was clean. And then as when, you know, you ain't even had in your joke didn't You got mad in your joke now. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, oh, is that what Hollywood do? This yeah, yeah. I've been following you, man. I've seen you come from the D.C. area, and you, you made a step that a lot of people won't do. A lot yeah. of people want to stay in one area and be king of that town, king of Northeast, king of Southeast, king of PG County and all that. And I'm pretty sure you was in, in route to be that, but you was like, nah, it's something else. You know, even when you talk to me about the move to LA, I'm like, it's pretentious. You come here for TV and movies or whatever, stand-up ain't going to be that kind to you. And you made that leap. And then you came out here and you've been going, I've been seeing like some credible people like endorse what I saw on you a long time ago, but other people couldn't endorse it in because they didn't know you. But I see you on the right path. And again, that's why I'm here. That's why when I have... When I call you, you want to open whatever, that's the reason why. And I know when you go on stage, you're going to bring fire. I appreciate that. Did you always feel that way? Like, where, even as a kid or Feel teenager? that way about you? Nah, I ain't been emotional. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> yo, hey, yo, you act like you, act like you hey, about to unbutton your pants or I'm something. Not go, I'm not going for tears. I'm not going for tears here. I'm saying, like, that mindset of, like, yo, the energy you keep around you, I feel like you always been like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to, every time I go on stage, I'm trying to kill. I'm trying to be around people who really care. Like, were you, even as a kid, a teenager growing back up in the, in the DMV or East Coast, were you always like that or was that? I always was trying to get into something and I always, like, was uh, around cool people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My early life, I wasn't no gangster. I wasn't no thug, but I hung out with the gangsters and I hung out with the thugs. But I knew that when those street lights came on, it was going to be time for me to go to f home. <laughs> I played about that life all that time. Y'all pull up. Y'all better pull up before the sun go down. If y'all going to pull up, son, you better pull up. I'm about to, I got to go home and do my homework. Hey. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And even back to the, the people you have around you, like when I first started, I was around a lot of people. I was around a lot of comics that have went on to do great things, whatever. And I was accepting of everybody because I wanted to be everybody's friends. I wanted to be likable with everybody. But then I think this is a part of getting older too. After a while, you start getting older, you like, you get to a point like you like, I really don't give a f what nobody think about me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then that's the point. When you get to that point right there, that's when stuff starts to excel. I've always been a person that was like open to meet new people, but then, you know, as I got older, really, really selective on who I consider to be friends of mine in life and friends of mine in comedy. I feel like uh, 
at least once a week when I watch, kind of like, you know, on, on YouTube or listen to somebody's podcast, I feel like somebody shouts you out at least once a week. Like, yo, that's the dude. I don't want to follow him. He's amazing. He's crazy. I heard um, Chris D'Elia talk about, like, yo, I, I didn't even know laughter could be that hard, man. Like, that mindset of, like, yo, I'm trying to rip. Is that, like, a D.C. thing? or I think it's in your heart period, party personality, but coming up in the comedy in D.C., it would make you stronger because in D.C., we, we cared about being funny. You know what I'm saying? We weren't thinking about chicks. We weren't thinking about money. We were just like, I want to get five minutes. I want to get a hot 10. I want to get 15. I want a 20. Like DC comments, they pride themselves on how much time they can do. I just did an hour, ain't even take a break. You know what I'm saying? I've been that my entire career of 25 years. But what I'll say to answer the question about on different podcasts, people's bringing my name up. Because when you go to a lane of who really is funny, really. Yeah. Not just like who's the richest. You know what I'm saying? Who popped the quickest, but like on some pound for pound, you know, people that know me and people that have been around me, they can't deny that I go hard every time. And that's not like me being cocky. It's like I pride myself on being able to go up there and kill a room. Pride myself on being able to go up and kill a room after somebody else killed the room. Yeah. You know, and if the one place, and one of the only places I want another comic or anybody to respect me it's two things now but this used to be the number one thing respect the fact that I live this shit, I breathe it and I do it you know what I'm saying respect time put in not just putting in time but not I got 25 years yeah. and it ain't a year anybody can say they remember me not being funny Yeah. and in a year anybody can say well he was developed it was just it's been fire you know cause I give a and I always want would like for comedians, whatever you think about me, my personal life or whatever, is respect the fact that this brings it. Yeah. That's the only way. When you meet people, whatever, it's all cool. Like, oh, he's charming. He's a nice guy and all that. But at the end of the day, that ain't why you want people to respect you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That would be cool. You want to be likable and everything. But at the end of the day, it's like, I want you to respect me after what I did when I got off that microphone. Yeah. So when I go places, I don't mingle with a lot of comedians where they want to joke. I'm like, we ain't go to work yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ain't gonna be all hardy, hard, hard, hard in the green room and then bomb and then <laughs> like, why you didn't do that shit you was doing in the green room? Woo! Man. You know what I'm saying? It's a, yeah. it's a lot of that. Yeah. You know, but for the most part, anybody that you see around me is gonna be a beast in their own right. It's gonna be some dudes that's green, that's just new, and it's gonna be some people that's been doing it for a while, but I just try to be around people to think, like I said, and I'm repeating myself to think the same way I think when it comes to comedy. I remember the first time I opened up for you and I, I remember coming to the green room at the improv and I was like, yo, is there something that you don't want me to say or I have a closer? Because I heard that some headliners don't like for people to do that well. I remember you cursing me out and essentially being like, yo, why would you not try to kill? Like, right. that's stupid. Why would, and I was like, yo, somebody told me that. You were like... Yeah, but the whole thing, that's called etiquette. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the best way, and I advise any comedian that's new or whatever, like, when you go to a headline, like, is there anything you don't want to touch or whatever? Not too many people going to say, yeah, because it's like, nigga, you got 10 minutes, you got 15 minutes, I got hours of this shit. Yeah. But the best thing to do, is like, it was just this is on, like, say you're MC or you're a feature, keep your set, I don't know, reflective of yourself or whatever, and then check out the headliner set. You know what I'm saying? And you know, you see what he's doing, you're like, okay, I got something like that or whatever, I won't step on his toes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, in the case of me, you can, oh, I got a R. Kelly joke. I got a R. Kelly joke. Oh, I got a Michael Jackson joke. I got a Michael Jackson joke. 
And even when that happens to me in cases, I don't never tell nobody to back down because I got me. Yeah. I got my life. You can't steal my life. Yeah. You can't steal how I'm raising my son. Yeah. You can't steal the love I have for my son. You can't steal the relationships I have with my family. You can't steal that shit. Yeah. When it comes to originality, if you got to ask somebody, well, is there anything you don't want me to say, then your shit and his shit might not be the most original shit. Yeah. It's too close. Yeah. You know? Man. So you talk about your, your son. Just on a personal level, man, is this like the happiest you've ever been? Did your son take your happiness level to another? Uh, people will always ask that question. Like me being an older dad, having a son later in life, people always ask the question, oh, this is what people say to you when you have your first kid. They're like, oh my God, man, it's the best thing that's going to ever happen to you. It's the best feeling. Nothing compares to that. And those people don't really know my life. <laughs> A life of an entertainer. Yeah. Uh, my son won, but it wasn't a landslide. Shit. <laughs> after you have a, after you have a biracial menage a trois in another country, son, my son won, but that didn't win like flying colors, son. I was like, man, let's go to the, let's go to the videotape, man. It's a photo, photo, photo finish, son. Yeah. yeah. But at this moment, yeah, I will say. And I've experienced a lot of type of loves, loves for my career, love for my woman, love for my family, love for God. But the love for your kid is next level. Yeah. And the thing about it is that what you realize when you're younger, you don't really understand everything about having a kid because it's like mostly when you're younger somebody get pregnant oh she set me up yeah i knocked her up you know what i'm saying yeah. so you're not as appreciative of it yeah because a lot of kids are here just by mistake so like i knew i should have strapped up yeah you know what i'm saying when you get older man you just really feel what a blessing it is to be able to produce a kid yeah and i'm saying that because there's people out here that have been trying to have kids for years yeah there's people out here that will spend Hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. for the opportunity with no guarantee to be able to have a kid. You know what I'm saying? And then you understand as you get older, like how much you're blessed. Because I thought I was out of the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't think I was going to have no kids. You know, so many relationships that didn't last or whatever. And then it's like, how many times I want to do this? Yeah. Let me just focus on my career. By the time I had this baby, I'd be in a wheelchair. He'd be graduating from <laughs> high school. Yeah. You know, you think about it, all of that. But yeah. I was blessed. I got a beautiful kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful family. And um, I love the feeling of unconditional love. Yeah. I love the feeling of somebody that you can argue with. And it's like, you know, you stuck with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you go, I'm going to stop being your dad. Yeah. You're yeah. going to stop being my son. But my son, he's so articulate. He'll be like, Daddy, I'm frustrated with you. I want to take a time out for being your son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a blessing. Yeah. And that's why, you know, like, I think about you. You come in my thoughts a lot, man, and, and I know your character. And I know how much you love your wife and everything, and how that feels good. And the things that you're doing, is, it's all good, man. You know what I'm saying? You fell in love early in your career. You got somebody supportive of you early in your career. You married that person. Mar I'm DC. You married that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm early in your career. So the next yeah. step is Merlin. just like you know, we not guaranteed anything, but like I really root for you to have a uh, extended family like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I know you're gonna be dope, and I know your wife is gonna be dope. Plus, I ain't have a dad, so a part of me is like. Nervous about what you mean? Your dad, dad was absent. Yeah, my dad How? was absent. Like my dad was like a pastor, but he left when I was three, so I ain't really. Pastors leaving. 
<laughs> Yo, I'm sorry. That's my mom. Sorry, Yo, my mom. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, Yo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> was she on God back then? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. No, no, no. She yeah. wasn't on God then? No, 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 no. So your father made her look at God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, there yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A pastor left? Yeah. You know, it's, it's an interesting story. You, But you know, the thing is, like, you don't talk about it on stage? I do. Right. I do talk about it on stage. You know, that, let me tell you something. That's the type of shit that's going to get you a TV show. Yeah. I'm telling you. Like, in comedy, it's so easy for us to write jokes. Oh, that R. Kelly stuff. Blah, 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 blah. But a lot of times, producers and everything, they see you being funny. They say, oh, man, he's funny, he's funny. But what is he? Yeah. What does he do? What can he be? And that type of story, and I tell comedy, like that type of story, and it's tough because it's so easy for us to rip on topical stuff and we get in that zone. Yeah. But when you dig deeper, you dig deeper. When you start formulating that set, that set where I could do three minutes, five minutes. When you watch me, you know who this guy is. This dude was raised by a single mom. A pimp didn't leave her. A drug didn't leave her. A pastor left him. Yeah. Left that family. That's the type of stuff that's original. That's the type of stuff I encourage anybody to talk about. Talk about your life. Yeah. Talk about your life. You could be, you, you see these people, funny people, like, he funny, 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 but you don't know nothing about him. Yeah. You don't know nothing about him when he leaves. You know? So where's this pastor nigga at now? He's in Jerry. We're good now. Like he Y'all good? good? Yeah, we good. Friends on Facebook and everything. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you look at his face and say, what happened? Did you talk to him about it? Yo, so, all right. So, long story short, when, uh-huh. when I turned 16, he called my mom's house because he had kidney failure, and I was the only oh, one. Oh, the nigga needed a kidney? The nigga needed a kidney. That's the first time I talked to him. Oh, sir. I'd be like, I would have dangled my kidney in front of the nigga. <laughs> I was like, what you gonna do for this kid, hey, nigga? Yo. Go take Ma on a date. Hey, yo. <laughs> yo, but then we we got cool again. He apologized. We, I mean, we're legit good now. He's still a pastor in yeah. New Jersey. And let me tell you something. That's one thing. As much as I pre- talk about being a good dad and fathers being in their kids' lives, and sometimes, you know, people make the excuse where the baby mama is giving me a lot of drama or whatever. Because a lot of times, it's women out here that don't want to support that father-son bond, that father-daughter bond, because it's money. It's money involved. Or well, he don't do this, whatever. Yeah. But I know for sure, and I'm talking about the father-son bond, you can hate on your baby daddy all you want. I guarantee you that little boy is always going to give his dad or one of you his dad a chance to be in his life. Yeah. Woman will never understand how it feels as a little boy. Everybody else got their fathers and stuff and you're around and your dad ain't coming to pick you up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The dopest thing a little kid could say, and I remember times that my dad used to come see me, he told me I'm coming. I used to go out like, I can't hang with y'all today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My father coming to get me. I'm good. Yeah. Backpack on it, everything. I'm ready to rock. Yeah. The worst thing you can do is you promise that little kid you're going to come pick him up and you don't pick him up. That shit will stain him for the rest of his life. Yeah. And I'm not saying be abusive with it, but for any guys out there that's having problems with their baby mama or whatever, Man, I encourage you, man. I encourage you as much as you can to suck it up and create those memories with your kid. It might not affect them now, and you could do the bullshit every once in a while, drop this little some Jordans or whatever, and that shit is cool when you with your little mans and them, but when you start getting older in life and people start celebrating and talking about memories they had with their father or whatever, you ain't got shit to talk about, and that's where he's going to resent you the most. Yeah. Baby mamas or whoever out here, you ain't got to hate on that dude. That little boy, that little girl is going to feel it and she going to know. You ain't got to do nothing. Let it ride. Yeah. Because they're going to go. Because as, as they get older, 
Everybody's going, oh, my mom, my family, my family, the dopest feeling, and nothing is guaranteed. The dopest thing that I love about relationship I have with my son, relationship I have with the mother of my child, and it's important that my son knows what a family is. Yeah. He's seen it. He's been around it. Ain't no guarantee that that's going to be forever, but he knows that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the best thing you can afford to your kid is the opportunity to be able to say, my family. You can do my mother, my father, whatever, but man, there's nothing more beautiful than my family. And that don't have to be no everyday thing. You can still give a kid that love where he feel like this is my family. Yeah. Since all most of your family's back on the East Coast, I'm guessing, does he get to be a Rollins kid that often with cousins and all and that? I, that's another thing, like, because I'm on the West Coast or whatever. That's the unfortunate thing, and I got to work better at it. It's like my schedule is like he's connected. It's like we're raising him here. We got a little family here. He gets holidays and birthdays and stuff like that, but it's just tough, you know, and this is a part of being a comic that's on the road, that's on the grind, whatever. Sometimes your location does not benefit your family like you would like it. Yeah. But what do you do? You know what I'm saying? You got to do something. You got to do things for your career to position yourself in a better place. But he knows his cousins. He knows everybody. But I'm just being straight. He doesn't have that connection with them like that. But it's something that I got to work with. One of the reasons why, you know, as a road rat for years, I'm trying to come off the road. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to land a TV or something where I could just go work for three months a year and just decide when I want to go out. But then I got to go out. Yeah. You know? That's the crazy part. I don't think a lot of people realize how much sacrifice it takes to be great, especially in this town. Like, even on a stand-up side, like, I done seen you destroy 10 shows on a weekend and then come back that night and do an open mic. And then the, being away from your family, not having, being able to, I mean, weddings and funerals and just birthdays. Like, you, you people don't realize, like, you actually sacrifice a lot to be great. Yeah, I sacrifice too, but then, you know, I am um, i don't have a shrink. And, like, a lot of people understand with comedy, like, performing in front of an audience is therapy to you. You get to share your emotions with people, how you feel. You have people that make you feel good. You know, and as much as people love going to a comedy show, the real good comedians that do it, I'm talking about the fiends. You know, I did Tacoma Dome in this amphitheater in uh, Salt Lake, one was in Tacoma. I performed for over 44,000 people in two days. It wasn't my show. I was attached with Chappelle and Rogan. Like, and I did that. And the minute I got back to L.A., I went to the belly room and performed for 50 people. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? That's my happy, happy spot. And for a comedian, it ain't a lot of happy spots. Smokey Robinson had a song, Tears of a Clown. Yeah. People say I'm the life of the party Cause I tell a joke or two yeah. So take a good look, look at, at my face. face The tears! Yeah. Those are tears. I'm surprised you didn't go-go that song. I ain't what? Go-go that song. I say what now? <laughs> Is that you, Tears? Uh. Is that you, Clown? Uh. Y'all have been a party now? Uh. Yeah. Yeah. You tell how old I am. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Tears of a clown working the balls down. Clown. 
clowns crying and working the balls now. Take them to the bridge. Y'all, y'all know y'all. Y'all got that. And you go. And you go. Y'all don't know about that. Yo, man, you ain't DC if you don't know how to get it in the pocket. Lock it. Lock it. That's DC's happy place. It's in the pocket. DC happy place, yep. If you had to send every young comic to uh, the Donnell Rollins Comedy School, what class would they have to take? The class they would have to take is heart. The class of, do you got heart? I don't get, it's hard for me to give young advice because they don't really listen. I give an example that a couple years ago, my manager, uh, had one of his clients open for one of my shows, young comedian. And this say, Donnell, if you had one piece of advice to give a young comic coming up, what one piece of advice would you give him? I looked at him, I said, don't ask for advice. Everything you want to be answered, going to answer through your performances and being on stage. He was like, yo, you're right, I feel that. A year later, the same motherfucker <laughs> came up to me and said, Donnell, what advice would you give a young comic coming up one piece of advice, I say, nigga, you don't listen to advice. Yeah. I told you. Yeah. You know, that's why I um, stay away. Like, years ago, every time I saw some something that's sparking somebody out, comedian, I would be like, oh, I want to connect with them. Like, I want to help them. But then I was like, I will, but it's got to be somebody that I really connect with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't save everybody. You can't help everybody. Everybody doesn't deserve it. Everybody's not going to be prepared for it. You know, people want shortcuts, and that's the most frustrating thing is like in the world of social media and YouTube and all this type of stuff, there's really no gatekeepers. You can uh, excel and do whatever you want with hard work. Yeah. Jess Larry's an example of that. T.C. Youngfly is an example of that. You can position yourself. But nowadays, motherfuckers don't want to put the work in and they duck the process. It's always good in your eyeline if you can see the shortcut. But you can't prepare yourself for the shortcut. You can prepare yourself for the long run. You can prepare yourself for the marathon when the marathon continues. It could be a quick race, but for the most part, a lot of us, a lot of people, it's pacing yourself. And you pace yourself where you know you have your goals in sight. You can't rush it. You never know what's going to happen. People like Donnell, you underrated, blah, 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 this and that. What's going on? I'm like, everything that's happened in my life is happening when it's supposed to happen. Yeah. Get to a point where you know what you're doing. You see your dreams. Your dreams come reality. And the only thing you're trying to do is connect those dots. You know what I'm saying? Early on, you don't know what those dots are. You don't have a relationship. You've been doing it for a while. You know, I know this person. I know this person. If I rip this show, if I do this, it'll meet me. I'll meet this person. I'll meet that person. And it'll be a continual effort, but that continual effort will be supported by you being good in work ethics, and you can't duck it. Yeah. All right, last couple questions here. Uh, we do a segment called Get to Know Me. Uh, you don't know me, which essentially are just rapid-fire questions. Answer however you want. What's the proudest moment of your career? <sighs> I got so many moments that I was proud of. I have a moment in Baltimore when I was on stage and I'm ripping two minutes into my show, got the crowd pumping and bzz, a power outage in Timonium, Maryland, right? Everybody's panicking like, oh, shit, you can't see. Club owners like, oh, my God, I'm about to lose all this money. It's a packed house. And there was an opportunity for me to quit. There was opportunity for me to accept an excuse. And I always felt like excuses, it's two excuses, a good one and a bad one. 
they all, at the end of the day, just still excuses. And I thought about that gauge situation, pitch dark in the whole town. I told everybody, show must go on. I said, turn your cell phones on, put the flashlight on, and we're going to illuminate the audience. Dang. We illuminated the audience. I didn't have no mic. I had to go street performance style. Then I realized, even if you have a power outage, we have floodlights. Floodlights would still illuminate over you. So I would deliver, I would talk about what I need to talk about that I understood people would understand, like hearing it. But then when I needed to drop something where physically you need to see me, I would go into the spotlight. I did this with the audience back and forth, street in the crowd for an hour. An hour. Nobody was like, F- that. We can't hear you. They paid attention for an hour. Then I was getting a little gassed out. And I said, man, y'all don't understand what I did tonight, right? I said, with no mic, I did an hour. And then as soon as I said that, gzz, the lights came back on. Jeez. I said, look at that. I said, you tell your mother grandkids. Yeah. This mother went on stage. Mike went out three minutes to his set. He didn't buckle. He didn't waver. He did an hour until the lights came on. And I felt that that was a very defining moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've had moments like that, but I've had so many great moments, but... It's moments like that that I remember and it go down as some of the greatest stuff I ever did. Not because I was ripping, because it was a defining moment. And it was a moment where I had to do something out of the norm. Yeah. Anybody can rip. You go up, pop, 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 rip. But he's like, this what happened? Oh, sh-. Um, You were in front of, this happened to me in Jersey. 3,500 people in this theater. The f- mic went out and I said, it's okay. And performed for 45 minutes with a mic for 3,500 people. Yeah. 3,500 people. We have defining moments. I have a lot of those, but those are the ones that are that I can remember like off the gate. But every time I go on stage, every time I've ever been on stage for the past 25 years, every time I go on stage, I go on stage with the idea to destroy. Never, even when I'm tired, even when I'm sleeping, even when it pissed me off and I'm mad, even when something didn't go well in my career, I always separate that and I go on stage and try to demolish because it's your reputation. I've had comedians come up to me, hey, Donnell, I'm going to do good. i make you proud. I'm like, don't make me proud. Make yourself proud. Yeah. I'm going I'm to get It's your reputation. It ain't mine. Yeah. I give you the stage, but it's on you after that. Yeah. Okay, this is probably the wrong time to ask this, but you inspire me. So making you proud does mean something. So who, who inspires you? It don't have to be a comedian, but just in general. like I'll say a person that inspires me it had to be Dave Chappelle. And the reason why I said it because Dave Chappelle is great. And um, I'm great. You are. So when you look at a great motherfucker, it ain't no hate, but the bra and the competitor, you was like, what made this so great? Yeah. I asked myself, what makes Dave Chappelle so great? Outside of the fact that he's a funny guy, we all are not going to get Muhammad Ali moments. And when I say a Muhammad Ali moment, I mean a moment where you put everything up, your integrity, your money, and everything to stand for something. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why Muhammad Ali will always be the greatest. You can make an argument with Floyd Mayweather. You can make an argument with Mike Tyson, a lot of people. Yeah. But where did your life stand for something? That's what I say when I look at Dave Chappelle. That's why he inspired me. And I watch him as a performer. And that dude is like the Tom Brady of comedy. He ain't going to scramble. He ain't going to panic. <laughs> yeah. He going to stay in the pocket and take yeah. whatever hits to score a touchdown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then when I look at the rate in which he turns over sets, 
the rate of which he does our specials. You know what I mean? Like, Dave Chappelle 100% inspires me on the stand-up side and the character side. And at the end of the day, when we out of here, what do people think of you? Yeah. Only thing we can leave is our reputation. Yeah. What do you want people to say about Donnell Rollins when you're gone? When I'm gone? Yeah. Then it was a beast. He was funny, funny. And like I, it is part two of a question you asked me earlier. He was funny. He was a dope comedian. But more importantly, he was a dope father. Yeah. My reputation is going to live through my son. Yeah. All right. And he he'll be on school. Ain't nobody be able to talk about his dad. Your dad cool and the out of here. Smack him, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Straight like that. He going to be headlining by five. Oh, by the yeah. time he's school age, he's, he'll be ready. He got a hot 10 seconds now. He ready? <laughs> yep. Don't run the light. He's good. He's good to go. All right. We all we ask everybody this. So, uh, who is we? One person in here. What? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we the director. That's you the director. If it's you, you like we we always who you the director, you the producer, you everything. I'm asking you, man. Uh, all right, so you have to make your all time concert. All right, cool. So the host has to be a comedian. Everybody else is a musical act, right? The opening act gets ten to fifteen. The feature gets twenty five to thirty. And the headline is unlimited. You can use anybody dead or alive. To pr- produce that show? Yep, you got to produce the show. So the host is a comedian, opening act, feature, headliner, anybody dead or alive. So that's five people, right? Four. Five, four. Can I add another person? Sure. Dylan, 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 <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> that's it. Dylan, 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 Dylan. The rest of the band don't get nothing? Nobody. Just Dylan, 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 Dylan. Fuck everybody else. Dylan. <laughs> Are you are you DC at heart? Are you still a DC dude? Of course, you can't not never turn your DC in. I use words like "urry boy." I feel as though simple fact being her man ain't a whole lot of that. Y'all gonna get murdered away? How you gonna try to curry me? I still do that. I'm gonna be DMV my whole life. Yeah, because I know a lot of young when when young comedians see your name, any comedian, but especially young comedians see your name. They're going to click on it and listen. So who are some people that they need to study? Like, everybody knows, you know, you and Rocky. I don't know none uh, of them no more, man. Not even the DC? I don't know vets. the DC. The, what are you talking about? Like, people when you were coming up that you would say oh, like... Oh, Fat Doctor, Tony Woods, Andy Evans, uh, Chris Paul, Fat Doctor, Tommy Davidson, Martin Lawrence, uh, Robin Montague, Danny Green, Butch Burns... Uh, Monique from the Baltimore area. Uh, who else? Oh, yeah. It's a lot of mother. Mike Washington. I got love for my mother DC crew for so many reasons. We all seen each other in our ups and downs, our worst places. We didn't share death together. We didn't been to kids' funerals. We done all that. You know what I'm saying? And with that said, you know the DC bond. And some people have got to a level of success, and other people's haven't, and they never will. But it's just something about the brotherhood of a DC comic. Like, for the most part, we root for everybody to come up. Anybody from our foes to come up. So we can say, that from DC, that's my That's it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Tell, tell people where they can find you, all that good stuff. First off, did you get them? Did I get who? These nuts. Dang, Come on, son. I knew it. Come on, son. You didn't know that. You ain't had your guards up for no nuts, no. man. I ain't give a follow me on Donnell Rollins. <laughs> Find me. 
<laughs> Take you these dope. No, no. How you talking with nuts in your mouth, son? Just close this shit, son. We got a show to do. Yo, DMV, everybody. I love this young dude, man. He's gonna be, he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. And I said it right here before this start wearing skinny jeans and start saying shit like, I beg your pardon. You know what I'm saying? I believed him when he was young. Donnie Rollins, y'all have a good night. All right, man. We out. Wait, wait, wait. Before this episode officially ends, I want to say thank you to my big bro, Donnell Rollins, for coming on this podcast today. Man, what a dope, dope episode. And I want to say a huge thank you, a huge thank you to you, you listening right now. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, to engage, to be a part of this journey. I cannot thank you enough. I cannot share my appreciation. I appreciate it more than you know. This podcast, The Life Of, is what it is because of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I have two big announcements. Uh, but before we do that, I have to say it again. Please comment, rate, and subscribe. Comment, rate, and subscribe to this podcast. I'm a little new to the podcast world, as many of you might be. So subscribe, man, so, so you know when the content first comes out. You get it officially in your account, whichever platform you're listening to it on. And then uh, please rate it. And then there's a little section to review it. I want to hear from you. This is a podcast for the people. Let me know what you like about this episode. Let me know what you got out of it. Did you get any nuggets out of this? Did you laugh? What was your favorite part? I want to hear all of it. Even some things you want to see in the future on this podcast. I want to hear all of it. This is for you. So, uh, yeah, let's do that. So I want to get into it. Um, one, I have a big show announcement. Um, I just posted about it on social media. If you're not already followed me at the life of K-A-Y, the life of K-A-Y. Um, but less than a month from now, I'll be headlining the world famous comedy store in La Jolla. I'm so excited. Uh, Thursday, April the 2nd at 8 p.m., I'll be headlining the world famous comedy store. I was actually featuring there for Donnell not too long ago at the end of last year, 2019, um, and they decided to bring me back. So I'm headlining my own night Thursday, April the 2nd at 8 p.m. at the world famous comedy store in La Jolla. If you know any good folks or if you're in the La Jolla, San Diego area, please come out. Tickets are available now at the Comedy Store La Jolla website or my website, thelifeofkay.com. Also, uh, announcement number two, I'm so happy that Donnell was able to come on today. We actually recorded this, like I said earlier, at the Ontario Improv, which was uh, late last year as well. And since that time, he's not only started his own podcast, The Donnell Rollins Show. Um, please go check that out. It's on all, all platforms where you listen to podcasts as well as YouTube. Um, but he's actually also featured in headlining Monique's new special on Showtime, Monique and Friends. It's guaranteed laughter. Please go check him out. Headlining Monique and Friends on Showtime. Um, and I, I, I couldn't be prouder, man. This dude is such a beast. And I'm so happy to have him on today and you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're on social media, please hashtag the life of. I am looking for every single post and trying to repost as much as I can. The love is unbelievable. So um, until next time, thank you. Uh, next episode comes out Tuesday, March the 17th. And until then, you know, love everybody. Be great. Uh, all that good stuff. Later. Start theme song now.